0: You are listening to The Logos Broadcast with Fergus James Murphy. And we are live. Good evening and welcome to The Logos Broadcast, live from Florida. And it's the 25th of October, 2020. Joining me now is Peter Richardson, an old primary school friend of mine. And he joins us now to sing his new single, The End of the World.
1: Thanks, Fergus.
0: Was something else. Goodbye. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks for doing that. What, what? Tell us, what's that song about? What, what led you to, to write that? What was the inspiration?
1: Um, so that song is a little bit about, basically just, I feel like it, it can apply to a lot of things, but in my head it was kind of when, like, the ending of things or dramatic moments in your life, and it's kind of about how, in your own head, it can feel like it's, feel like it's the end of the world, and it's about kind of like, it's about kind of the spirals that people... That people go into and the way that we trick ourselves into thinking that like this is the this is the biggest thing ever. This is something of like biblical proportions and it feels like it's the end of the world and it's your head, but the message of the song is that it's it's not really, it's just so that's just kind of I kind of just wrote that from the perspective of, of inside someone's head who's in that kind of space and thinking about that kind of thing, um, and just how everything feels so like apocalyptic.
0: Right? So what kind of happened. What kind of reaction have you got to the song so far? Um, obviously it's it's been on Spotify now a few weeks, is it? Or like I I kind of joked to you there the other day I said to you, are people stopping you in the street like asking you for an autograph? Is is that happening yet?
1: It, that that's not happening, but it's be, it's been really, it's been really amazing. I've been really blown away um by the response. Like I have a I can Spotify give me kind of great statistics now um so I can see that people have been listening. And the biggest thing that has really blown me away is that. Um the uh, with the audiences I think we're coming up on four thousand listens now in the first two weeks, which I'm I'm blown away by. Um and the most incredible thing is that I can see that there's people around the world listening yes. to it. So it's not just people from Dublin, I can get the statistics and like our number third our sec our our third country is Australia and then we have like the Netherlands and all this yes. kind of stuff. Um, and even like South Africa and all of Europe, and people in uh, the States as well. So that's really that's been the thing that's really blown me away is that there's been people all around the world, um, all around the world, listening to it. But yeah, it's been fantastic. I've so been absolutely loving it.
0: You say we, who who are the others in in the thing, or or is that just a kind of a, a term that you use? Like who who has been part of this journey?
1: Um, I do. I I I tend to say we because it just makes me I, it makes me feel more comfortable than saying. Okay. I am doing this, but there are lots of people who have who have been massive helps to me. I have two um, I have two close friends of mine from home. A uh, big shout out to Jeff and Doran, um, who have been helping me with all the kind of the social media stuff, um, running like uploading all the covers, all that kind of stuff. Because it just makes the whole thing a lot easier. And then mm. helping me record things and shooting the cover art. And then kind of music wise, I've I've t- I've two um, I've a very good friend of mine, uh, who I met in college. His name is Roy, and. Is very experienced in this thing and he was kind of a bit of a, a producer to me for me kind of came over and gives me like critical very critical analysis on the songs which is what you need and then i have a friend louis as well who uh mixed and mastered the song Daddy. and put a massive amount of work into that so i when i do say we it is it's kind of a thank you to all those people okay. as well because well massive help
0: that's lovely and it's worth pointing out that it's worth checking out the spotify version because there is more backing music to it right it's not just you and the guitar so that's definitely people should definitely go and have a look at that Um, and if you don't mind peter tell us about your musical journey so far
1: so far so from you want me to go from the very beginning yeah
0: i mean don't you know you don't need to tell us about your your fifth class um musical or whatever you actually you did have a part in that you were you were um i did but he wasn't singing So maybe you couldn't sing when you were 11, I don't know. But anyway, tell us about
1: whatever, what's relevant. Um, What's relevant is that I was very, well, I grew up in a very musical household. I've been very lucky, I've been playing piano since I was like, since I was like 10 and guitar since I was similarly, I think like 14. So I was very lucky from the get-go that my parents kind of forced me into those things. And I grew up with a lot of music around the house. And then I think I started writing my own songs when I was about 15 years old um they were all terrible naturally but, um, <laughs> i like to think they've gotten a little bit better since then um and then yeah i've just kind of i've kept going and going and i always wanted to do i always wanted to do music um but i just really struggled to find the right opportunity because you know with college and exams and work i had to i was working in a restaurant f- um like 20 hours a week as well and all this kind of stuff um so i just kind of i was for years now i've been building up a library of songs just writing and practicing as much as I can, mm. uh, kind of waiting for the moment where I could give it 100%. And it was just the right time because, with just with COVID and stuff and lockdown, it just finally gave me the time to go after it 100% and get myself off the ground and get that first song out because that's the biggest one. Um, just getting that, making that first step takes by far the most work. So, yeah, I've got my, managed to get myself off the ground now and kind of just get the ball rolling. Exactly. Um, and now it's just going to keep going from here. I'm just going to keep working on my material and trying to release as much as I can and just make myself a better musician all around.
0: Yes, I remember the last time I saw you singing live was you sang in a musical in UCD and you were the lead male in American Idiot. And it was absolutely fantastic. But that has been and I don't think they'll mind us saying this, but that's been a little bit of a strain, that engagement that you have with the musicals on your, let's say, individual pursuits. Is that fair to say?
1: It's been, it has been a, a strain, but also a massive advantage. It's been a, it's been a, a bit of a hindrance purely. The only way that it's been any sort of strain is purely inter, in terms of time, is that it takes up so much time that I, I didn't really have time to, to channel my own music, but. It, i think it. i'm so much better off for it because i did several shows with kind of ucd and through the musical society and i grew so much then as a as a performer really yes. but also as a singer like i came out of those kind of i've I'm, I'm in i've been my fourth year came out of my third year with ucd musical society with my voice so much stronger Can so much it. more confident on stage as well and just performing and putting myself out there like i don't know if i would have been able to do this if I had never had that experience of putting yourself out there and that kind of stuff. And then also just the people you meet and being in a musical environment. So, like, the first time I played that song really live was at an open mic with the Musical Society. and mm-hmm. um, Because you're surrounded by musical people who love the arts and stuff. And, like, the, my producer, Roy, I met through Musical Society and stuff. So I think I- all in all, it has been of a massive benefit to me. And I, I couldn't be where I am without it. But yeah, it, it, it does take up a lot of time. Mm. The only, is the only thing.
0: So over overall, a, a positive contribution to your journey, yes. and and now Absolutely. you have you have the time to really let's say max out, which is really exciting, obviously for you. Tell us now, what is the dream? Do you see yourself in Madison Square Garden or Croke Park or um, I don't know, Slane Castle, or uh, where where will Peter Richardson be in in five or ten years?
1: I think I think obviously that is. Like that is the dream. Um, for per- a big personal dream of mine is to play the Olympia, which is just I just love gigs at the Olympia so much. They're always so intimate. If any of our American people <laughs> watching don't know, it's like a, it's a very nice theater in in Dublin where I've seen all my favorite gigs. I'm um, pretty sure H- Fergus has seen a few gigs there as well. But yeah, just taking it as as big as I can, really. And well, the f- the the ultimate goal is to just make good music. Um, so if I if I listen if I can produce music that other people who I respect listen to and make music that they respect that is the dream Mm -hmm. to have people just say I listened to your song and I enjoyed it that is that is the absolute that's the fundamental that's the base dream so if I had I don't know if I met like a musician that I admire or something one day like a hosier or something and he told me that he respected my music Mm. and liked my song that would be the most the most mind-blowing thing for me but Peter, maybe he's watching, the big who knows? Performing. Maybe he's watching, <laughs> who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the first goal is and will always be to just make the best music that I can and make music that I myself would listen to and would enjoy because music is such a huge part of my life and there's so many musicians and songs that have influenced me so much. So imagining that I might ever write a song that would impact someone's life or that someone would have as their favorite song, mm-hmm. that really is the goal, that would, b- that would blow me away.
0: Good man. Well, Peter, don't leave us, but you're going to temporarily leave us after singing another song, if that's okay with you. And then you'll join us again for for round three. But what what will you sing now? And what is the story behind that?
1: Um, So I'm going to sing a song called The Coast. Um, uh, If for you, if if for anyone whose ears were blown off a bit by the end of the world, this one's a bit more mellow. Uh, I wrote this, (coughs) this was kind of the first of my... I I started writing again in March once I got more time again. Had a massive burst of creativity and wrote loads. And this was the first big song that I wrote um, at the start of my most recent. I kind of go through phases where I write and write and write loads and have a big burst of kind of inspiration. So this this was the first song that that came out of that. Um, <coughs> and it's called the coast. You'll hear the hook is meet me at the coast. And it's basically about. I like to picture when I'm when I'm writing I- like a kind of a scene almost. Um, and so a lot of th- and then base the song around that central image. So a lot of this song is based around the idea of just like sailing off to the sea. Um, but with the greater message of kind of, it's really just about leaving past troubles behind and moving on to new things and not letting, not letting anything, any like demons your past or whatever drag you down. And also about the excitement of new things. So about the excitement of new moving on and starting something new. Lovely, and leaving leaving your ghosts behind you. Um, so yeah, it's called the coast. Lovely. Well, whenever you're ready, you. Pete. I'll take my headphones off so I can hear myself.
0: Come on.
2: When all this is over I up across the rocks Down by the water And I'll take it slow save my time for you but this glow in my chest it be you so let's move out of here far from this place we call home We can play it by ear, give it a year or so. If you meet me at the coast, bring all your favorite. Tie to the wheel as you point us to starboard We can chase down the sun as it gets low And the sky lights up pink and red and gold cause I'm so sick and tired of all this confusion and all that's been getting me low but with you I feel wired so when you feel ready to go Just meet me at the coast. Bring all your favorite. full of grief and fear untold (coughs) So if the time comes when you need a hand to hold Just meet me at the code.
0: peter absolutely beautiful thank you for that as again come back to us in about 30 minutes if that's okay and i look thanks forward so much, to it thanks see you soon thank you brian barry joins us now uh, someone has us on playing. can you just mute that or i don't know which of you that is but anyway brian uh, thank you for joining us today we're here to talk about gaelic games and uh, you are the sky sports GAA editor and you've been busy this weekend, uh, so tell us what you've been seeing from the press boxes uh, of stadiums around the country. Um, if if you've been, you know, doing all that.
3: Yeah, uh, first weekend of championship back, so um, fairly busy. All right, as you can imagine, I uh, was in a Croke park last night for the Dublin Leash game in the hurling. Uh, Dublin won fairly handy in the end, fourteen points. So. Um, there was actually too much on today, unfortunately, so I didn't get anywhere myself. I was just working from the couch here, so. Okay. But uh, no, good to be back anyway. Plenty go- going on and plenty to keep busy, so.
0: So are you allowed to break the, the 5K limit to get on the dart into uh, into Croke Park, or how do the rules work uh, there? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. So um, the 5K limits were essential workers, essentially, in communications, so. Um, okay. it all right. So uh, as, as you mentioned, one of the, or traveling to Croke Park was uh, actually one small uh, benefit of all of this anyway, the fact that there's no fans you're able to park right at the doorstep across so, you know, it's uh, rather than parking ages away or getting public transport and having to walk up and everything like that. So it's one small pro of it, all of this anyway. So
0: yes, obviously minus the, the atmosphere of, of the crowd, but yes, you're you're focusing on on the good. Uh so what tell us about what happened in the GA this weekend. What what matches were were decided and uh yeah, get, bring us up to up to speed here on what's going on.
3: Okay, hurling uh, first, I suppose we have the uh, the championship kicked off essentially. So uh, the football was finishing up its league this weekend, but the championship kicked off in the hurling. So Dublin went in against Leash. Um, they kind of they got shocked by them last year, so they were kind of coming into prove a point essentially uh last year was very much a case of one step forward and two steps back by that loss to leash i'd say they took one step back in the right direction anyway uh won well 231 to um 23 points for leash um yeah they they were too strong for them really leash kind of played a sweeper a containment game and doesn't work their way around it and kind of broke them down towards the end of it they got their two goals either side of halftime and it was kind of um, yeah, they were more or less too strong for them. Uh mm. similar scenes really in um in Turles today, Limerick were playing Clare, um, level at half time and Limerick just completely blew them away out of the water. Uh same as last year, really, again. Uh they Limerick are looking very strong now, a lot of people's favourites for the All Ireland. Wow. Um the team they, they won Munster last year and kind of just got cut cold by Kilkenny in the All Ireland semi final. Obviously, they won that All Ireland two years ago as well, so they're coming in strong. Especially a lot has been made of Winter hurling. Um, the weather was good this weekend at least, dry. But in terms of if we get a wet weekend now and a few over the next few weeks, we might kind of the. Battles might be fought in different yes. trenches, kind of way, you know. When it's yes. you, you need the bigger, bulkier fellas, and Jesus decides, oh, some of those Limerick fellas to get bigger every time they come out. Well, they certainly locked down well anyway. So, um, yeah, so that's um, that's that's how the hurling went off this weekend. The football, um, big news is Mayo are down. Mayo got relegated for the first time. Well, they they were in the top tier since 1997. So, under the various guises, anyway, but they, they've they always been in the top tier since then. So, uh, relegated out of Division 1. Um, they don't have too much time to feel sorry for themselves, I suppose. They have a championship coming up and they'll still fancy their chances of uh, Sam McGuire. But, uh, yeah, so that's they lost out to Throne at home by a single point today. So, uh, that's probably the main news from the football side of things. And Kerry were victorious in the league. Uh, they were, yeah. Um yeah. So is that <laughs> is that an afterthought the fact? That...
0: Sorry, yeah. Keep go yeah, on.
3: It's, it's almost an afterthought, really. Uh, like the hurling, actually, interestingly, the uh, they didn't quite scrap the hurling league, but um, mm-hmm. Clare and Limerick finished top of their two respective groups, so they decided instead of playing a final or playing playoffs, they just declared them joint winners unless they they were to meet in the championship which they did today so it actually doubled up even though it was oh, wow. a monster final, there was a trophy at the end so um yes Kerry won the league as well um to not quite to minimal the plum really it was kind of eerie enough there was no there was no speech David Clifford their captain went up didn't even bother giving a speech just lifted the cup and trudged back off you know they've they're playing Cork in a few weeks time and that's the big one for them like you know the League title been mean absolutely nothing to them if mm-hmm. they go down to Park. You and get a licking down in two weeks. So.
0: Exactly. And just, just um, this is GAA time now, but, but don't go away if you're listening. If you have no interest in sport, and I'm sure a lot of people do, but we have Mary Louise O'Donnell joining us in a few minutes. But, Brian, tell us, what about the Dubs? They've won five All-Irelands in a row. Do they still have this invincibility factor uh, post-Jim Gavin? Or do you think maybe this is this is maybe the the year where we might see uh you know the end of that era? Uh,
3: it's certainly the year there's the most question marks hanging over them. Certainly, as you mentioned, Jim Gavin has gone. Uh, also, a lot of kind of senior members in the dressing room stepped away over the last twelve to eighteen months. Paul Flynn went, and Bernard Brogan went. Um, Ono Garra has gone. Darren Daly went. Dear Connolly went, and of course Jack McCaffrey who. Wouldn't be like at retirement age at all, but he stepped away from the panel, so he's not there. He kept him in it last day or in last year's first All Ireland final, the drawn game. Um, he scored one three from play. They would, they wouldn't, there would have been no five in a row if it wasn't for him. Um, and then obviously the big one, Desi Farrell coming in as manager. Is it a poison chalice, really? Because Mm -hmm. for him, if he does anything less than win the All Ireland with them, you know, it's it's, and even if he does win the All Ireland exactly and even if he does win the all Ireland with them how much credit will he get it's hard to know because it's Jim Gavin's team or it's you know all the that's the mere continuation etc um, Dublin w- will win Leinster you can put your house in that anyway um, they haven't been beaten in Leinster since 2010 and it's mm. it's only gone in one direction and it's not towards uh, they're not coming back to the pack um, so they're going in there's two games that Dublin can't be beaten in this year his championship it's kind of probably the The fact that there's no Super 8s is probably set up nicely for them. They'll be going in against the Ulster champions in the All-Ireland semi-final or then the Connacht or Munster champions in the final. Um, Who can beat them? Kerry can definitely beat them. They kind of went toe-to-toe with them the last few times. And the fact that if Kerry get everybody fit, the fact that Jack McCaffrey and Dierma Connolly, two real game winners for them, are gone and off the panel perhaps, uh, Donegal certainly have a high ceiling to trouble them But the last few years they haven't kept everybody fit Galway we've seen flashes in the league But they've kind of come back Post lockdown fairly flat And mm-hmm. of course Mayo you never know what to do On the day but Kerry be the main Challengers to them absolutely this year So who's your money on for the hurling
0: For the hurling yeah. um, <laughs>
4: Probably off the basis
0: of today's Display yeah. uh, right there. uh, There's a problem with the sound there Are, are you there Oh yeah, yeah yeah sorry keep going there yeah
3: yeah uh off today's display probably limerick um they hammered uh claire really in the second half just pulled away and as i said they're kind of a big physical team that might suit the winter hurling um a lot of people are kind of saying they were peaking nicely last year hammer tip in the Munster final tip went on to win the all ireland um but yeah it's um it's way open uh, mm. to be honest I'm going to give you a politician's answer I'm very sorry Galway <laughs> and Wexford as well are two teams who kind of fancy themselves in the winter Ireland I don't think Kenny will win the All-Ireland they could beat anybody on their day mm. Watford aren't going to do it and Cork aren't going to do it this time of year so uh, politicians answer will narrow down to four for you anyway Tipperary uh, Limerick who if you had to push me I'd tip and then Wexford and Galway
0: Okay very good well we have a, a former politician about to join us so maybe uh, maybe that was on your mind but I want to ask you briefly can you comment on the the politics actually of the GAA in recent weeks and months because the elite levels have been prioritized and exempt from the restrictions to which everyone else must adhere so is there consensus in the organization that what's being done is is the
3: best way forward Um i think there is there's broad support i wouldn't say there's consensus um there is um the, the gpa surveyed its members and 75 percent thought had uh kind of backed the championships going ahead in some shape or form and that was as, as recently as 10 days ago so um there's within the plane and they're the most important stakeholders they're the ones actually risking their health going out in the midst of a pandemic um does the country need it i'd argue yes um is it is is proportional perhaps yes the fact that there there were 20 odd inter county games this weekend um that'll be whittled down there'll only be one weekend come december so it'll be whittled down there'll be it'll be reduced and reduced um I, I, everybody's kind of made the point that it's important for the mental health of the country stuff like that people are sitting down and watching it and it's given some people something to talk about but they also to think uh, other people perhaps aren't talking about is the fact that if there's games on every Saturday and Sunday afternoon on the television. There's hundreds of thousand people sitting down and watching that. They're not going out socializing or they're not going out to like, there's no better form of social distancing than sitting down on your couch in your own living room and turning on the television, you know, so it probably lends itself to that for the sake of, um, the, the 50 odd people it takes to actually put on an inter-county, um, hurlan or Gaelic football match. It's probably, I, I'd, uh, Argue that it's certainly worth kind of the, the major risk for people yes. you're yes. getting six seven hundred eight hundred thousand people sitting at home in their living room to watch it so um but yeah overall to answer your question uh certainly within the association is largely supported anyway yeah
0: well i, I will leave this uh, little interaction with an anecdote i spoke to one of the coolest senior hurlers today Emmett murphy and i put it to him that to prioritize the elites and abandon uh, the grassroots seemed to me like a contradiction of the ethos of the GAA. But he, to be fair, he pointed out that the inter-county game had to stop over the summer while the club games were allowed to continue. So there was that sort of compromise reached. And from his perspective, he said he'd much rather be poking a slither in June and July than in the less forgiving weather conditions that we face from now, you know, as, as the weather gets a bit more miserable and all that. So I suppose it's not like the club has been completely forgotten so i just that kind of is, is worth pointing out but brian thank you very much for joining us and best of luck with the season cheers thanks very much for Salon bes- tamil now mary louise hello hello oh hold on i just muted mary louise there by accident Mary-Louise, I've muted you. Let's see. Ask to unmute.
4: Okay. There we can you are. you hear
0: me? I can. Yeah. Thanks, Mary-Louise. Okay. Sorry about that.
4: No, no. no that's okay. I and wouldn't mind you doing it halfway through, but uh, <laughs> yeah. at the beginning, it's not too great. When
0: you're digging yourself a hole, maybe, so, I don't know. But
4: oh, no, no, <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> that's
4: very good because I'm hopeless at this, and you've set it up quite brilliantly, so I've done nothing but just obeyed your instructions
0: very good well Mary Louise tell me first of all about what life has been like for you since the end of your time in the Shannon
4: oh and I, well oh it hasn't been it hasn't been great you know um I, well it, it's I suppose COVID if you can say something helped it helped in the sense that um we're all kind of without certainty and without insure, uh, you know, uh, insurance and assurance um, about our future. And and it, COVID kind of helped in a way because there is a big gap, you know, when you leave something as uh, not as urgent as the Senate, but as where well, you feel is so significant, you know, and then you're retired as well in the sense that you've not only the Senate is finished, but I was retired from my job in DCU. Mm. And then you're looking at Morse, you know, and uh, Poirot and Looking out the window, mm. and wondering what am I going to do now? And then it's not as easy, maybe, to connect with people because they themselves are unsure and uncertain, and their jobs are unsure and uncertain. And people within all kinds of NGO works has come to a stop. Now, even the voluntary work has somewhat come to a stop. Things you might have thought you might get involved in, travel, you know, to go to other counties to help, to be involved in different um, on different boards people uh, voluntary boards now would say we'd love to have you when this is all over you know so it hasn't been easy but there are other aspects of it as well you know that you do the garden you sit down you think you walk you read um it's hard not to to sometimes know what what the hell am i going to do tomorrow yes you know know, because i always had something to do or place to go or people to see or projects to to understand i didn't I, I didn't kind of hang around and hanging around with yourself is not easy but the uh, joy and there's still spring and music and to the spring to come and music and the arts and yes great drama and good reading and good friends and good conversations you know
0: so what one of your uh, causes that if not the primary cause that you took up recently was that of older people and you often use the term our elders so how do you think this has what has this taught you and what has this time taught us about how we view this section of the population
4: Uh, well it's a good question you see a lot of the time you always bring your own pathology to where you are like my mother is 97 and she's been minded by the little sisters of the poor in, in in dublin and I never thought mommy would be in a nursing home because she was terribly alive and physically active right up into her 90s but in her in her mid 90s she needed we needed more than just home help and our help and so you get to know it's our own your own pathology then comes to the fore and you become aware then of what is happening our elders and I call them elders because the Greeks call them elders you know they used to have choruses of elders in their plays I don't like old people I like the idea of elders because I like the, the experience and the wisdom that they come with you know so I'm one myself <laughs> if you're over 50 now you're you're done for and if you're over 60 well you might as well go out and buy the buy the grave you know the way they're carrying on but I, I think, you know, I had been very influenced by Margarita Solon as well, who ran, ran the Macaulay Place in Nice, And it's an independent living space for about 50, 60 residents. But she used what they call a creative model as opposed to a medical model, a creative and social model. And I think we haven't given that enough attention because of course people need safety and they need warmth and they need food and they need help. And some people mightn't be able, you know, to be in any way independent. But there are many people in nursing homes. In fact, the alone report said there was something about twelve thousand of our elders in nursing homes who didn't need to be there, except they didn't have community help, or families weren't around. They were in other countries. But we need to look at creative and artistic and social models for how we deal with elders in um in nursing home settings or in settings where they're in in within communities the government have tried a little with that and kind of uh, having independent living within communities and um specific to the the kind of needs but we still think of old people as kind of sitting there and not only are they just you know they're unable to move because they may be old and have arthritis But their brains aren't moving, you know, or their minds aren't moving and they are alive to everything. One of the greatest examples of that recently was, I think, the um, National Symphony Orchestra. Some of the quintets and quartets from the orchestra during this time of COVID went and played in courtyards, you know, in in September. We had a really lovely September in um, August and September and, and played with the windows open to the to to the elders Mm. and you could see the transformation you know even on their faces like when you that they just were brought back and they played melodies from the 40s 50s 60s and they played Mozart and they played played melodies that they would know and love and bring back memories like I just there should be that should be As important as physiotherapy or as occupational therapy. And I think that the Arts Council, or where if the government gives money to the arts, which it does, that one of the prerequisites is that anybody studying arts or music, like that singer you had on, anybody studying any level of arts, should have to spend time within communities of our elders. That is a prerequisite for any money they're given. And that the Arts Council should have a huge system and organization where that happens. Mm. And that would have an awful lot of artists now, musicians, poets, playwrights, writers. I mean, what would, you know, being able to actually perform, Mm. movement artists being able to perform, when they're out of work and being able to keep exactly. their own artistic expressions alive. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what it taught me as well. I, I mean, I suppose Loneliness, you know, I mean, there's books being written on loneliness now. Keith Swanick, he was a senator with me, he had a massive report on loneliness in Ireland because he has a practice way down and way down the coast of Mayo. People dismiss these kind of words, you know, mm. as if, oh, that's just for, in a poem or something, or that's in a book. But it's just a deep, profound feeling of loss and isolation without conversation or another. Human being, and you know, people in in nursing homes, you know, healthcare assistants, and they have so much to other do that those spaces are not filled in really. And, so,
0: yeah, you know, so that's,
4: what was- I mean, that's a huge area, um, Fergus, and it's one that we just need to realign, like Margarita Solon did, a social and artistic model alongside the medical model. So, and I think we'll give a lot of art to this work.
0: It would. On a, on a practical level, Mary Louise, one way, supposing you were to sing a song and, oh God. and just supposing that was to happen and I was to record it and I was to bring it out to all the nursing homes in Ireland or put it on RT1 or RT2. Obviously, it's not the same as the in-person interaction, but it's some sort of uh, attempt at providing stimulation of some sort. What do you make of the, the creative output that is available on our TV screens at home uh, in recent times, specifically through RTE. Like, I, this might be a bit cliched at this stage, but I remember uh, staying up late on, I think it was a Sunday night or Monday night to watch Love Hate. And that was a huge hit a few years ago, but that's probably 10 years ago, five, you know. So, what is there anything now that you would say we're on the right track, do you know, in, in that regard? Or, or is it all doom and gloom?
4: Well, no, No, it's not all doom and gloom, but again, there isn't the same emphasis. Um, there isn't the same emphasis for our orchestras to play. I, funnily enough, I did see them play recently and there has been some concerts from the National Concert Hall, you know, streaming on, on, on our RT have been doing. And there's been one or two things in, an, um, in the Ivy Gardens where there's been some poets speaking and some dialogue and duologue conversations and some musicians, and that's been good. We need more of that. We, we, we fall constantly into the interview you know, into the interview or the magazine format. We also fall into the copying. We copy other programs, you know, other kinds of dramas, other kinds of house bills, other kinds of quiz shows, other kinds of comedy shows. And when we do, when we're we're more original with our own ideas, we're much better there are those who say oh well of course the arts costs money it costs this it doesn't really because you'll get it back in um in in your audiences Mm. um i i we need i think we need more of it Mm. um we don't have enough we don't have short dramas short short musicianships we it's all talking about the arts but maybe not doing it yes like sometimes when I listen to the arts on radio, the arts program on radio, which is good, I, I don't, everybody's arguing and everybody's a critic, but let me hear it and let me feel it and let me sing it and let me dance it even, Dinjo did it on the radio, let me dance it. There's not the same emphasis. It's all about either profit or either marketing or advertising and not the same emphasis on why don't we have an hour's arts program? Well, Julius Holland did it with musicians. What's wrong with us trying to do it with poets or with dancers or with both or with musicians? We can't always stop and say, well, that's going to cost too much. Mm. It's not, because in the end, people will watch the station. They won't go elsewhere and we don't give enough platform, don't give enough platform to country music. I mean, the late, late does it, but you can't ask the late, late to do everything. Mm. Uh, You can't, Mm. we should have a proper book program with passages from the program, with people talking about bits done from it. it, we're, We're not doing enough of it. And there's too much a capitulation to a copying of everything else. Um, that's on other stations, and also dragging people in to have conversations. You know, there's nothing wrong. Why wouldn't we take something like Miholo Sullivan's work now? Just give an example of Miholo Sullivan's work, and maybe just create a whole half hour of Irish images to it, or maybe have poetry through it, or maybe have young people say what what it evokes in them. There i it's not just my, there's a thousand different ways you can bring. The arts alive if you sit and stop thinking about interviewing someone. <laughs> because really, well, I hope I'm not coming across a big Well, big no, this big is the thing, Mary Louise, very maybe. Look factor. But could you get so fed up with listeners? The same people yes. saying the same things very badly.
0: Well, Mary Louise, you sound like a critic who who maybe would be no but th- that's not a bad thing but maybe you should try your hand at it yourself have you i know I, i'm teasing you now but but the last time we spoke we were kind of laughing and and you you promised me a ticket to, to the front row of, of your play if that ever materializes so i know i i know i'm being annoying here but do, do you ever really think yes there's a lack here that's not good why don't i go and throw myself in throw the hat in the ring oh, there
4: wonderful. And, you know, what I really admire about it is your youth and vigor and resilience. That <laughs> you know, sometimes when you Not get to my cool. age, it's awful hard to self-perpetuate once again, you know? I mean, I you're right. And I one of the greatest times in my life was, well, they were all great, but was the Helix, you know, out in DCU when we were creating something from nothing. There was a piano there with a the big with the huge big bolt on it that you put on an iron gate, but you are right. It's all I don't mean to be a critic, I mean more to be a creative thinker, you yes. know, about ways forward. Um, because I'm the very one to sit back and say, Isn't that marvelous? Wasn't he like there was a, a, a wonderful, uh, it got bad reviews, interestingly not bad, but they were a bit iffy. Um, The Confessors the other night, done by Alex Fagan, the he's the, um. Um, uh, film, he did he did um, the 100 the hundred year old Ireland, you know, people who are 100 years age and he also did one of the pubs of Ireland, the oldest pubs in Ireland, but this was wonderful, and I found myself sitting back made by an Irish guy about the confessional in Ireland and about what has happened and where people go now and what it stood for and then what it became and what it's now and I'm thinking, isn't that marvellous, so much so the BBC had it Mm. And three days later. So we can do it. It doesn't have to be a play. It can be an artistic approach. But in relation to my own play, which was supposed to be about elders, about my own pathology, I suppose, with Monmouth, my mother, and how I see it now and how it evokes something about Ireland. Mm. You're right. It's kind of, will I show you something? Go a for blank it. Page being, so I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed now. I'm going to have to start, Fergus, Well you know, uh, d- and, and do it. You
0: know. Speaking of your mother, do you mind me asking about her and your experience of her experience of this time? As you said, she's she's mm-hmm. being cared for by others, and she's quite old. So you probably can't, you know, touch her and hug her or whatever oh. you would you would usually do. So what's what's that been like for you?
4: Oh, it's and crazy. her, you know what I mean? Not easy. She's very accepting. She was always very accepting, Mummy. You know, she her name was Maura Cranny, and people would have known her because she taught nearly everybody in Ireland. And she was interested in theatre and drama and dance and music. And, and she was teaching Milton to nine-year-olds. She always had this idea that if you elevate, you know, if you elevate, which is another thing we don't do in television a lot, we copy the non elevated areas but she was a great elevator and inspirer you know and mm-hmm. she was interested in voice and choral verse and musicals and dramas and adjudication and oh she was just something now she never you know so much so it was like i'm i'm a product of well, was she ever in the house? No. Did she ever cook you a meal? No. Did she ever put down a fire? No. So I'm a product of the politician's child, you know, yeah. or the doctor's child, or the writer's child who never really saw the children, and there's no regrets there at all. That's the way life was, I and mean, we thought everybody else was like that. So now, in behind the window, when I get to see her 15 minutes a week, she's she is a she never railed against life and said this is wrong and that is wrong and why is this and why is that. She was always very accepting. And it's something I really never really learned. Maybe I'm learning it as I get older. But She never suffered from anxiety and she'll smile and, you know, and accept the fact that that's the way it is. And I'll say, Mommy, you know, um, the virus is out here. Oh, it's not coming in here, is it? No, no, it's not. That's why we're all out here freezing, you know, but so she's back with the nuns as well too that she worked for and with for years you said their french order the little sisters of the poor and a great order so she's not affected because she's quieter in herself and content and mummy had a tendency to live in a virtual reality so her work and her imagination and her own creativity kind of brought her into other worlds and those other worlds now are just part of her life wow. and she doesn't rail against what's going on outside the window she'll say can you not come in and i no, we can't mommy but she doesn't look for reasons she just it's it's what the philosophers call it um acceptance which exactly. I have not learned
0: it sounds like she is at peace you know and content yes. with yes. with a life yes. well lived and it sounds like
2: well
0: it was yes. indeed a, a life well lived do you mind me pivoting a little bit to uh, the American uh, energy <laughs> and madness? I'm right now in Florida, which is where, up for up, for, up for grabs. Up for grabs. Say that again.
4: Where Trump voted.
0: Yes, exactly. In person. Uh, and told as the press. say they it again.
4: And told the press, "I yes. have voted for a man called Donald Trump." <laughs> that See, was- <laughs>
0: speaking in the third person apparently that's a big um, that's a big sign of you know mental whatever narcissism or what obviously you know but apparently that's a, a telltale sign that you love oh, yourself you know of course
4: oh, it was a fun remark no it is i
0: know i know but but look you know look i'm I'm not i'm not jumping on the on the chorus of, it doesn't matter what a, he says a anyway. bashing. yeah he doesn't so yeah, tell
4: me about yeah go on because they'll crucify him. they crucified him yes. for the last. He's a most interesting individual. I don't subscribe to the crucifixion because the crucifixion started four years ago and it's never stopped. And they took a word beginning with A, maybe appalling. And then they went on and the ride went right through the dictionary, Rose's Thesaurus, right through the dictionary till they got to xenophobic. And it's never stopped. And it's gone on day and night and night and day and day and night. And it's kind of like a mantra. So much so that I don't listen anymore. So we know all the things. But they just get worse and more expanded. And the Irish Times spent weeks, months, years telling us how appalling he was. How appalling he was. He has a lot of problems. He's a lot of energy. And he's a lot of fearlessness. Mm. And he's great fun, and he's mad, and he's not mad in an insane sense, he's just a man. One of the things I learned in politics, no matter what you think about politicians, they always have somewhere in the back of them or somewhere in them a sense of doing something for the other, for the common good, or making, even if it's getting somebody a medical card, doing something. And Trump, you have to have that as a politician, a belief that you can do something, raise the level of something, change people's lives, even if you're only eating the elephant a bit bit at a time. Donald Trump, his sense is of himself. He doesn't really have a sense he's going to do something for somebody else. It's mainly for Donald or else Donald is in the reflection of it. So first problem as politician. But... There was for a few years before, maybe it'll stop people roaring and bawling and screaming that we have to have businessmen as politicians. It should be businessmen and the heads of banks and the heads of insurance companies running countries. No, we shouldn't. No, we shouldn't, because you're into the whole profit management there. And they got one. They got one and they voted Donald Trump in. And that is not the kind of person who's interested in the common good. So he's not a president of the United States. He's not a politician.
0: Well, Mary Louise, he would oh. see that, a, and a lot of people found that- As
4: an advantage.
0: Yes, because he, he's made his money already. The likes of Biden and the boys are millionaires, thanks to their positions that they hold and the donations that they get and the, the lobbying to which they no, are subjected. And, and And Trump, he would say that he's not dependent on pleasing you know, the the big boys on Wall Street or Amazon or or whoever, because he's made his millions already. So there's nothing financially in it for him, at least.
4: Yes, but they have expectations about his behavior and his behavior was non-diplomatic and non-political, you know, and non-mannerly and coarse at times and, you know, wayward. And, you, you know, that is what really upset people, the waywardness and the coarseness of the behaviour. A kind of behaviour you'd go on with in the in the back, in, a bit of, in the middle of a barbecue with a few jars on it. Like yes. That is not, you cannot behave like that. There are limits and boundaries when you become a representative, even of a county. Hmm. You know, when you become a leader of a team. You can't go on like that. So, and wasn't prepared to take advice. However, he has been excoriated to the point where he's now Barabbas on a cross. Like it is, <laughs> and you, you begin to think, how much more of this punch bowl can he take or will he take or mm. should he take, you mm. know? And and yet, you know, when I, Joe Biden, I'm sure, is a wonderful man. And, and a very genuine man. But I have had I have not heard anything about Joe Biden um, for years. I didn't remember Joe Biden. He didn't make an impact on me even when he was vice president, whereas other people would have made impacts on you, other vice presidents. So I, I don't know how that's going to work out. It's a, it's a, it's a difficult choice. I, I would excoriate him for different reasons. It's just that the mantra has become so cliched and he has, if you ever notice with Trump, he has power, you know, and he has stature and he has the walk and he loves the part he's playing, except he's not playing it very well because he's playing a Jacobean cardinal, you know, and they were, they were tough guys, you know, they were really tough guys behind the Arras, but he hasn't he needs training for that politics is for the long game you need training, diplomacy manners language, he says things without language at times and they're innocent and silly and you can see him in the act of thinking politicians don't like to be caught out in the act Mm. of thinking in case they get the thinking wrong and he's not taking advice and he's not being, he needs I know a few people very, very good advisors that he should have taken on and they might have put some order and some boundaries on him because he has talent. The Americans have a tendency to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk on CNN and talk and talk and talk and talk and you wonder after two hours, what the hell was all that about?
0: Not a lot, Yeah,
4: They also have a tendency to confuse reality with TV reality. You know they're very different, and and he doesn't he he plays TV reality mm. when the journalists are being very real, and he treats them as if they're on The Apprentice, mm. and it annoys them. It really angers them. Yeah, and so that he, he he doesn't make that distinction, but he has he has something. He has his <laughs> I mean, I don't want to hear any more dinner parties. People say I have to eat in the kitchen because I, I, I mean, I argue about him. But I, he has something. He's entertaining. He's I tell you, there's an awful lot of people in America, including relations of mine, who say I have more money in my pay packet. They don't see it. You see it as something other than that, you know, um, if he had Putin's KGB training, mental training, we might be you know, we might and his his control, not necessarily his politics, but he might get somewhere. Mm. And I also he didn't really have an understanding of the world. Well, the world is a tough place and he wasn't you need to read, you need to travel and you need to read. And you, need, you know, to, to and you need to converse. Mm. But I'm gonna make a prediction. He'll win.
0: You think so? So uh,
4: like an excoriation, yes. Like a up on another cross. Yes. Yes, you win.
0: Well, Mary Louise, let me just finally ask you, if you had the keys to the Taoiseach's office and it was you in the shoes of Michal Martin, how would you be leading the Irish country, the Irish state, and what level of, of restriction would you place on its people? Do you think do you think right now we're we're doing the right thing or or would you have would you have doubts yeah. about that
4: well we're in a major con- well let me put it this way we're in a major contradiction because the epidemiologists and the virologists and the molecular guys and the pathologists and the they're all they're contradicting each other there's levels there's very different levels of opinion and i'm not a medic um So it's hard for me to to come down on one side and the other because I want the people who are fragile, who are elders and who have underlying conditions to be protected. But I think that our young and our youth and our businesses and our life, our life force has to be let breathe. It has to be and we have to make that distinction and you also have to rely on the Irish people, stop treating them and telling them what they can't do and telling them that you have absolute faith in them to be responsible. There will always be those who turn Turk always and let that that can be dealt with but i think irish young young people are completely responsible in relation to this because they have mothers and aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters who may have underlying conditions and they're not purposely undermining that and I think we need to be very careful here how we deal with this and i also would say to the t-shirt he promised us a commission of care where is it where is the commission of care and covid is a very good time to start major creative things massively creative things and to give things a go and a chance like the musicians you had, you had on, a wonderful singer, you know, all of those people, to give them a chance to get out there and to and and pay them to get out there and be part of a whole structure within our elders and within, you know, not just waiting for the next gig, but to be absolutely inculcated and in integrated into in into what we do. And the arts council needs to stop giving out money and start thinking like that. Mm. And, and and the government needs to start thinking like that. And we need to hear more from our ministers. I mean more, we'll open their mouths and stop arguing against each other and tell us what they can do. I mean, use anyway, that that would be my my opinion on this and the commission of care.
0: Hmm. Well, mary Louise, you know where the uh... yeah. sorry, go on.
4: I hope we meet again. No,
0: we will, of course, and there's there's plenty of, of time uh, to talk again. And thank you very much for joining joining us this evening. Uh, <laughs> it's it's always something that I enjoy your company, and uh, so thank you for that.
4: Thank you, Fergus. Thank you. Bye-bye. And we
0: we'll we'll start now, or we'll finish with some Peter Richardson, uh, our 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 first ever live performer on the Lagos broadcast. But before Peter plays again I would just like to say a few thank yous thank you very much for listening or watching if you are listening or watching thank you to my guests tonight Peter Brian and Mary Louise thank you to my friends and family for their support over the last while and I must give special mention to my brother Kevin who bought me this microphone for my birthday last month also thank you to Emmett Murphy for his research and my brother Sean And my mother and father, Caroline and Sean, for their editorial input. Please join us again next week. I will have some very special guests to talk about you too to mark the 20th anniversary of their album, All That You Can't Leave Behind. In the meantime, please don't be a stranger. Email fergusjamesmurphy.com at gmail.com if you have any suggestions for the show. And please consider sharing these interviews and performances with your friends foes and family on various anti-social media platforms and remember to come back next week at 7pm irish time and 2pm eastern time and 1pm central time to listen to a thought provoking discussion on you too peter will sing one more song for us peter richardson feel free to sing along if you know the words
1: Thanks Fergus, thanks for having me. Um, this is, we're gonna finish off with the parting glass. So enjoy.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I spent it in good company And of all the harm that I've done Alas, it was to none but me And all I've done For want of it To memory now i can't recall so fill to me the parting glass good night and joy be with you all of all the comrades that i had they are sorry for by going away, and of all the sweethearts that ever I had, They would wish me one more day to stay. But since it calls unto my lot, that I should rise, and you should I'll gently rise, and I'll softly call. Good night and joy be with you all. Good night and joy be with. You are listening to the Logos Broadcast with Fergus James Murphy.